Hello and welcome to the OME Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Petro. Today we've got a special bonus edition of the podcast. We're actually running a few episodes as a preview to this year's OAME 2019 conference, where we give a brief glimpse at what some of our featured speakers are going to be talking about. In this episode, we're going to hear from four of our featured speakers, Lisa Lenny Borden, Jules Bonin Ducharme, Graham Fletcher, and Eli Luberoff. So let's get to our first brief interview with Lisa Lenny Borden from St. Francis Xavier University. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I work here at St. of X. I've been here for uh, 12 years now, and I currently hold the John Jerome Paul Chair for Equity in Mathematics Education. And my work primarily focuses on supporting math education for Mi'kmaq and African Nova Scotian youth here in Nova Scotia. Basically, my research emerged out of a career teaching in a Mi'kmaq community for over 10 years. So I've been working close to 30 years now in Mi'kmaq and African Nova Scotian communities with youth, both volunteering and then teaching and now as a researcher. And my primary focus is on, on bringing equity into the classroom, decolonizing math education so that all students have greater access to learning, but also have a sense to see themselves in the math that they're learning. And is that part of your heritage? No, I'm 100% white girl. Um, <laughs> I, I spent a considerable amount of time working in Mi'kmaq communities, teaching, and, and when I was there, I, I really got to learn the language and to you know, be immersed in the culture and really supported by the community. And, and I always say that I wouldn't be able to do this work if it weren't for the Mi'kmaq elders who actually helped me and supported me and taught me the things I needed to know in order to be able to do the work that I do. And I am married into the African Nova Scotian community. My husband is uh, from one of the local Black Loyalist communities here in Nova Scotia. So I've had a long-term connection to both communities, even though I, I didn't come from either community, but I've had a, a lot of love and support from communities, and that's what helps me to do the work that I do today. So uh, you're one of our featured speakers at OME 2019 this year, and so maybe you could give us a little bit of a preview of what our participants might see when they see your session. Sure. So right now we're working on a project myself with some of my research colleagues here, and we're looking at implementing some of the, the knowledge that came out of my doctoral work and we're working in with classroom teachers. It's a project called Moving Achievement Together Holistically, which spells math, um, <laughs> they put out the acronym. And um, so we basically are supporting K to eight teachers, helping them to develop math tasks that are rooted in some of the indigenous knowledge ideas, like using more verbs to talk about math, focusing more on process and using more spatial reasoning. Because those are things that came out in the conversations that I had with elders during my doctoral work. And I've been since trying to take that and say, what does this look like in a classroom? How can that information transform the math class? So we've been doing some really cool stuff here um, in some classrooms. So hopefully I'll be able to show a few little video clips from some of the work that we're doing here, talk about some of the tasks and how kids are responding to it. And will there be uh, access to some of those tasks for our participants? Yeah, for sure. That's my hope that we'll be able to share a few resources that teachers might then go and try in their own classrooms. And so how long have you been doing that particular project? This is um, our second year. So I started, it was the primary project of my research chair. I've got lots of other little things on the go, but the primary project is really working with teachers and, and students in the classroom. I feel very lucky. You know, I, I, I love teaching at the university, but I really miss being in a classroom. So it's it's kind of that opportunity that I get to go in and and teach other people's classes occasionally and have some fun with kids. And it's, it's great to see how much they love it and how excited they are. And um, 
So I kind of want to pass on some of that enthusiasm that I'm seeing in the classroom to teachers and hopefully they'll be able to build that in their own classrooms too. And so how many teachers do you actually work with? Right now we have, we have about three, sometimes four schools. And so basically we work with all the the K to six teachers or K to eight teachers in those schools. So it's about 20 teachers right now. Okay. So that's just a very brief introduction to what our participants might see at OME 2019. So we hope to see you there in May. And uh, thanks for talking to us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. So thanks, Lisa. We look forward to your session. At OME this year, we'll be running several sessions exclusively in French. One of our featured sessions is going to be from Jules Bonin Ducharme. Let's find out what he'll be talking about. So I'm talking with Jules Bonin Ducharme, and he is going to be one of our featured speakers that is presenting his session entirely in French. Is that not correct, Jules? That is correct, oui. <laughs> uh, so maybe you could just start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a math facilitator. I'll say it in French, facilitateur systémique pour numéracie 712. Uh, math 12, sorry. Uh, so from K to 12, I take care of all uh, the schools in my board with regards with uh, helping out with uh, teaching math and getting it a little bit better everywhere, hopefully. And, and what, is, what school board are you at? Conseil scolaire des Grandes Rivières. So that's up north. We cover a territory from New Liskard right up to Hearst. And so you are doing your session, your featured session, entirely in French. So I wonder if you could give our listeners a brief idea of what your session is going to be about. Sure. So you want me to do it in French as well? I'd love you to do it in French first, and then we'll let our English listeners know what they're going to be missing. Excellent. Donc, euh, ce que je pensais faire, c'est vraiment un partage. Un partage de mon évolution où je suis rendu dans la pédagogie de la mathématique. J'ai eu la chance de connaître et de voir des gens travailler à l'élémentaire. Moi, j'étais un gars du secondaire. Et puis, j'ai compris des liens entre le so- l'élémentaire et le secondaire. Puis, j'aimerais ça faire vivre ça par l'entremise de toutes sortes d'activités avec des questions ouvertes du matériel de manipulation. Puis, voir comment on peut tweaker tous ces beaux modèles, ces belles stratégies qui se passent à l'élémentaire au secondaire, puis voir que ça a de l'air. So, venez, on, les gens de l'élémentaire et du secondaire, venez à mon atelier, ça va être super cool de voir, de, de, de partager cette conversation riche-là. So, for the anglophones that are listening to this. Yeah, so we know what we're going to be missing. Tell us a little bit about your session. Yeah, so this, for me, it's, a, it's where I am at in my evolution in math, uh, or the pedagogy of math, really. Especially the horizontal pedagogical content knowledge that you need to know like what's before what's after so I, I i've worked with a bunch of elementary people i'm a guy from high school and i made a bunch of different realizations of how you can use models and strategies at the elementary level and how they can be adapted to high school and uh it's amazing the conversation that i've had and the success i've had with teachers and students so that's what i'm going to share we're going to live that all through awesome examples how to use the stuff and how to tweak them. And so is the, the primary audience for your talk, is that grade seven to 10 or? I, I think it would be useful for them, but I would love to have uh, elementary people and high school, higher level schools as well. So you you really want to do a K to 12 conceptual view of mathematics. Exactly, I'm, that's where I'm evolving, I find as a facilitator and as a just a, as a pedagogue. I'm, I'm finding that super interesting how 
what are they doing in, in the kindergarten that helps you out in grade 9, 10, and 11, 12? Like, what's the progression? What's that? What's happening? And why is it different? And why is the curriculum set out that way? And there's, so for me, there's a lot of answering why. And hopefully I can share some of those whys that I've discovered with the past. Do you know what day you're presenting and what day your feature speaker uh, session is on? I think it's on Friday. And I'm also presenting a second talk with Jocelyn Dagenet uh, on Desmos. Jocelyn has worked uh, with Desmos and I've worked a bit with them as well. And so we've translated a bunch of the Desmos activities and we're going to show those as well on this Saturday. So yeah, I'll be there twice. Nice. Excellent. So uh, you can see Jules at OME in May doing his exclusively French sessions for our French mathematics teachers. Thanks for talking to us today, Jules. Thanks, David. And we'll see you in May. Yes. As an Anglophone, I guess that's a session I feel like I'm going to have a little bit of fear of missing out. Next up, we're going to hear from a transplanted Ontarian from Burlington originally. He's in Atlanta now. This is Graham Fletcher. Hi, Graham. How are you doing? Doing great, great. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to OAME. I know it's going to be a, a great conference just seeing the, the lineup of speakers and some other people that I might not have heard of. It looks like a great lineup you guys have put together. Yeah, thanks. We're looking forward to it. Uh, and you're talking to us from Atlanta, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Burlington, Ontario. So even though I live down here in the south, I still consider myself a Canadian. But uh, yeah, I live down here with my wife and, and two daughters, nine and 12 years old. And I'm really a, a K-5 teacher. That's where a lot of my work has been here recently. That's where I've focused a lot of my time. And it's really uh, what I'm passionate about. I've served as a classroom teacher. I've served as a school coach, which I think we call consultants back home. And I've also served as a district consultant. And yeah, and now I'm a, a math specialist serving different districts throughout the United States and also through Canada as well. So yeah, lots of fun. And as I said, you're one of our featured speakers. So maybe you can give us an idea of what you're going to be telling our teachers about uh, come May in Ottawa. Yeah, and so I'm really excited about this session. And, and I think most of the people who know me are familiar with my work in terms of, of three-act tasks, standing on the shoulders of Dan Meyer there with that work, but I've kind of brought them down to elementary school. But then also uh, the progression videos of like what happens in each and every grade level and the types of things that we should be learning. But I think everyone kind of knows like, yeah, in Canada, if you teach like grade four, you don't teach grade four students. Really what it works out to be, you, you're, you're teaching 11 year old boys and girls who function at a grade one level and a grade seven level. And it would be really nice if that, if you did teach grade four, you only had grade four understanding taking place in your room. But, but in reality, we know that that's not the case. So what this session is, is really beginning to look at is a lot of the times we just kind of go through learning and, and kind of tick off our learning objectives to say, yep, taught it, yep, taught it. And at the end of the day, we look back and we see that our students haven't really been able to retain any of the information that we've taught them or we'll kind of surface learn something and it, we haven't got down to the depth of what we need to get down to in order to build true mathematical understanding. So when we look at students and we see that we have this vast range of students, how is it that we can teach at the speed of how our students are learning, but then also on the edge of their understanding? So one of the things that I've realized is that there's a really big push for equity and I'm, I'm fully behind that push. I'm fully supporting that push, but not bragging here, but both my wife and I, we have the two daughters that I mentioned and they're both gifted in school. 
And so as much as when we talk about equity, one of the things that I realize is that we tend to focus on our most underserved and underperforming students. And, and I completely agree with that. But something that I've realized is that some of our highest performing students are just as underserved as our lowest performing students as well, because we're having to teach to the middle. And what ends up happening typically is that we, we might say if we have a really good task, oh, that task would be really good for my middle to high students, my low students. Uh, I don't think that they could solve that. And, and what we're doing is we're tracking students. And when we do that, we say that our lowest performing students should never have access to the highest quality tasks. And I don't think any of us would say that, but that's what we're unintentionally saying through our actions. So what this session is going to do is it's going to look at how we can take one task and teach to the highest student possible and what we can do to scaffold the learning back to make difficult tasks accessible to high students which are all of our students in reality, but how is it that we can take one task and make it accessible for all of our students? Because at the end of the day, I think all of our students should have uh, access to those high tasks. But then you also know as well as I do that if you go with your students, you might be handing out a paper around your classroom and before you've ever handed out your paper around the classroom, one of your students has already done the paper before you've even finished handing it out. And what do we do to extend the learning while still keeping those students that are working through the task on task? So that's going to be kind of the, uh, the piece that we're really going to look at and, and also look at how we can differentiate both extend and scaffold. And I think traditionally what we do is we when we think about differentiation, we take all of our differentiation and we put it into play at the beginning part of a lesson. Well, what we really want to try and beginning to do is hold off on using the differentiation and put it into play if and when it's needed. By putting the differentiation into play at the beginning part of the lesson, we're assuming that kids can't. Well, we know that some of our kids are really going to struggle, but let's at least give them the benefit of the doubt for 30 seconds and see what they can do without the differentiation. And we'll keep that on standby. So that's really kind of what we're gonna be looking at. Uh, it's something that I, that's getting nearer and dearer to my heart, closer to my heart in terms of I'm passionate because I do see that there is a definite equity and accessibility issue that's taking place in all of our classrooms, whether we're in Canada, whether we're in the United States, anywhere, whether you're elementary or high school. So that's gonna be kind of what we're, we're gonna look in and dive in at and see how we can take good tasks and make them really accessible for all students. And you're gonna do that all in one session. <laughs> All in one session. Yeah. And I think I think we're really going to do that by by looking at maybe one or two tasks and just looking at, at these purposeful and intentional moves that we can do. And, and I'll be honest, I think a lot of the times what I would tend to do is I'd be trying to spin so many different plates at one time that I would become really overwhelmed. So what I began to do is become far more intentional and far more purposeful in my practice. And when I've been able to do that, I'm able to accomplish a heck of a lot more. So we're gonna discuss some ways that we can be more intentional and more purposeful in terms of meeting the needs of all of our students. All right, that sounds awesome. So we will see you in May in Ottawa. We're looking forward to that. Thanks for talking to us today, Graham. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Super looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to us hanging out with some Canadian peeps. I appreciate it, thank you. All right, thanks, bye. Even though in my job, my focus is mainly on grade seven to 12, I really like a lot of the things that Graham talks about and try to bring those ideas into my work. So thanks for that, Graham. 
And finally this episode, we're going to hear from Eli Lubaroff, CEO of Desmos. So I'm talking with Eli Lubaroff. He's going to be one of our featured speakers at OME 2019. In fact, I believe he's the featured speaker at the Desmos mini conference. Hi, Eli. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to be here and really excited for this conference. So Eli, tell the, our listeners who you are. So my name is Eli Lubaroff. I'm the founder and CEO at a company called Desmos, which makes math software with a goal of helping every student learn math and love learning math. And I've been at Desmos now for about seven years and for my entire life have had these kind of joint interests of programming, technology, and education. And that is what I spend my life doing. So you are going to be one of our featured speakers, especially at our Desmos mini conference. And I wonder if you could tell our listeners what you will be telling us about. Yeah, so my, my talk is about knocking down barriers with technology. And what, one of the things that is so exciting and fun and difficult about the work of trying to help every single student, as opposed to just trying to help a small subset of students, is that every student population has different opportunities and different challenges. And so this talk is going to be around three things in particular. One of them is how technology can historically and has historically both raised barriers, but also lowered them, looking at facts like how many folks in the world have access to a smartphone or a cell phone these days? And it's, it's really astronomical. It's a great equalizing force. The second part of it is going to be around accommodations and accessibility and work that we've done and also that we've seen around helping to support students with disabilities to be able to do the same kind of thing as their peers who don't have those disabilities. And then the third part of it is going to be around differentiation and the great challenge, but also great opportunity to let every student in a math classroom be working on the same tasks, but at a variety of different depths so that you can support every level of learner, regardless of, of their background when they're coming in. So the topic in whole is going to encompass those three parts of knocking down barriers with technology. There's going to be a lot of Desmos, but not just Desmos in it. That sounds like a, uh, a tagline. There's going to be a lot of Desmos, but not just Desmos. <laughs> That's actually the subtitle of my forthcoming autobiography. Exactly. And uh, can you just elaborate a little bit on uh, some of the things you're doing in terms of accessibility? Yeah, so a few years ago, we decided that accessibility was a really important goal for us because of this idea of helping every student and not just some students. And also that it's really, really difficult to make software that is accessible at the level that we care about. And we coincidentally got an email from a young man whose mom was a math teacher and he is a programmer and is also blind. And he says, my mom says your software is amazing, but I can't use it. Could I come work for you and make it so that students like me could use Desmos? And so for the last few years, he's been leading the efforts, but it's actually now uh, involves a, a number of folks on our team to make it so that you can use Desmos even if you're blind. And this includes compatibility with refreshable braille displays with technology for doing braille interactively with audio input and output for, for graphing and, and these kinds of things. So it's been a real blast learning the ins and outs of this world. Uh, and it's in a lot of ways, some of the most gratifying work that we do. That sounds really interesting, and I'm going to be interested to hear about that coming this May at OME 2019. So we thank you for this brief glimpse as to what we're going to hear, and we'll see you in May at the conference. Can't wait. Thank you so much. So that's some great stuff from Eli and Desmos. I look forward to seeing that session in May, and hopefully we will see you in May in Ottawa, where you can see these full sessions 
along with the other great sessions we'll be running over the three days at the OME conference. Next week, we'll run another bonus episode with a few more of our featured speakers. So stay tuned for that.